Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Please go to tacticalpermaculture.com to read my blog, watch my videos, view my photos, access web applications, and click on the join membership link to access exclusive features. July 1st, 2023. I think you know who ruined this number for a lot of people. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, it's not really my style anymore to make a big deal out of it. However, I do feel like um, if there's a way to be somewhat reverent and somewhat mature about it, Let's just say that, uh, like Halloween or any other holiday, when you get to this episode number, there's a sort of spirit of it that that you could overlook and ignore, or you could acknowledge. And uh, because I will rarely be speaking about topics. that are gendered and rarely be speaking about topics that uh, that are so-called off-brand like salacious topics if you will or prurient interest topics adult content if you will so yeah, I'm going to keep this relatively clean, but I will just say out of respect, just like on Halloween, traditionally the pagan mentality was that the veil is thinnest, the time of death is upon our crops, the mortality of the existential mortality that comes up in our minds around facing the winter and do we do enough to prepare for it. All of that sort of confronting death and engaging with the dead and the spirit world as the crops are are dying in the fall, that's the Halloween spirit. And uh, there's value to acknowledging that. So in, that, in the sense of it, it's, it's, it's as much of a duty as it is a pleasure to to celebrate and to meditate and to engage in the honoring of this of this opportunity to invoke and to play with certain certain energies um, that's um, my intention so I don't need to be I don't need to be immature make a bunch of jokes and be ridiculous about it but I will just say I will I feel like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, not give it a, a a a bit of a do nod or salute, whatever, however, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I have been 
I, I had this title going for a while and I feel like it is worthy of it's it's in, it's interesting enough of a title that it's worthy of me organizing my thoughts around it and and and, and sharing it and uh yeah it's no surprise I've said many times before I come from the green left I'm now more of a a camo centrist if you will um uh, trying not to drink anyone's Kool-Aid and do my own thing and I and unlike a lot of people who including my former self, my earlier life self, who talked a lot about breaking free and doing their own thing and being a rugged either collectivist or individualist or somewhere in between. I'm at a point now where I could live and die the whole rest of my life and maybe never even see anybody else again and not bother anyone, not be bothered by anyone and just do my own thing and live happily ever after um, for however long. But I'm trying to be disengaged from the culture wars and disengaged from cancel culture and you-know-what-ism and trying to play whack-a-mole with the Supreme Court decisions and regulatory arbitrage and just electoral politics and uh, scandals and this gate and that gate and whatever gate. And I, I, I do stay aware of a lot of these things so that I can stay informed and know what, <laughs> know what I'm glad that I'm missing and know what I need to avoid if I ever have to go back and navigate a lot of society and its BS. Um, not, to, not to be dismissive of the causes that people are fighting for, for, for human rights of all kinds, civil rights. Of course, I'm not cynical to the point where Oh, like they say, if you're in your 20s and you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. And if you're in past your 30s and you're not a conservative, you don't have a brain. <laughs> uh, I've I've lived long enough now in my early 40s to really appreciate the poignancy of both sides because there were things that people tried to talk sense people tried to talk sense to me when I was in my 20s and I was a bleeding heart liberal for everything and willing to sacrifice my 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 life and my freedom and my bodily integrity for any number of causes on any given day of the week miracle that I came out relatively unscathed although probably the worst thing that happened to me was getting tears slash possibly nerve gas at the WTO protest which caused a lot of women to have miscarriages and which caused me to have the most violent near-death illness experience for days and days after returning from that event to where yeah I never suffered anything like it um, but other than that yeah I avoided I avoided the truncheon, the the nightstick, the rubber bullets, the real bullets, and uh, had to do quite a bit of escape and evasion quite a number of times. Uh, there were close calls, but I've been locked up, but the state has not, uh, they've drugged me, but they have not crippled me physically. And 
their attempts to control me psychologically failed. <laughs> Hence my uh, my free spirit and my lack of uh, really falling into anyone else's agenda, doing the bare minimum to avoid being in contempt of court or non-compliance. But I'm not trying to be anybody's headache or trying to be a thorn in the side of the system really agitating anymore. I'm not going out on the street protesting. So I say this as I get into the swamp. Not I shouldn't even say swamp because that has weird meanings now, but the uh, as I get into the treacherous territory of culture war-ish topics, um, just know that uh, if you try to pick a fight with me online or something, you're probably wasting your time because I don't really have the energy or the the social clout and value at risk to have to get into a tug of war with the entire internet over over not saying the right thing or saying too much of one thing or not enough of another thing. Uh, I'm going to just be me in my tiny little non-consequential, inconsequential bubble. And if it has value and, and is educational and enriching to listen to, then great. And if not, then it's me speaking into the ether, not unlike Jack Burton on the old Pork Chop Express from Kurt Russell and Big Trouble in Little China as a truck driver speaking on the CB radio and... Jack, this is Jack Burton on a dark and stormy night telling you about shaking the pillars of heaven. So that's about as much, as, that's about as seriously as I take myself at this point in terms of wanting to fight over convincing people that my way is righteous or right and theirs is not or defending mine, my way of viewing the world against theirs or whatever. I just don't have, I, I already paid my dues in, in, in those wars, and that was a good 20 years ago when I was at my peak of doing that. So I, I, I earned my right to say that I'm, yeah, what's the word, or how to say it? Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm burnt out on it, but there's people who burnt, burn out on it in their 20s. But I, I didn't burn out on it. I'm only burning out on it now when really it's natural to burn out on it because you're not out there chasing clout and chasing relationships necessarily. At least I'm not. I don't have a lot of... I'm not bouncing off the walls trying to fit in and therefore being very sloppy about my my operational activities under the, whatever banner or whatever movement or whatever campaign like that's just not where I'm at so I don't I don't need to play a lot of those games so I'm going to speak freely but also I'm going to speak respectfully and uh, you can forgive me or want to hang me or put me on a guillotine tar and feather me whatever you want to do but I'm going to just just try to be try to uh, share my personal wisdom that may or may not feel or sound like wisdom to anybody else but this topic that I've been kicking around that I I, I didn't I didn't really save it for today but I, I say it's auspicious to share it today because of the well alignment of the the size of the moon right now and uh, and the the state of mind that I'm in entering the 
approaching the, the, the peak of the summer heat, which is still still kind of a ways off, but it's 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 now in its um Yeah, the, the my cognitive abilities are going to be diminished as it gets hotter and hotter approaching the peak of the summer heat. So I better say what I got to say before I can't say it for a long time, or at least a few a couple more months. And so I will take this opportunity and consider it to be an auspicious opportunity and talk about this notion that had come up for me, which is the idea of women or uh, from women of the moment to women of the mission and where that uh, before I define that I want to say that the first part of that came from a, uh, a an Indiana Jones documentary series where they literally lined up the three co-star lead actresses that were Indiana Jones um, very, what would you call it? Uh, love-hate relationship, love interest, very complicated, very gritty uh, counterparts, females in those roles, and they each had their own spunk, their own warrior energy, and uh, were sophisticated and powerful and forces to be reckoned with and threw him off guard and off balance and really got the better of him in a lot of ways. So I think that, I don't know if I, how, you know, I don't know how I want to use the, the F word, the feminist word in this, but I will say, I'm not claiming to be, I'm not claiming myself, I'm not, I'm myself, I'm not claiming to be a woman, to know what it's like to be a woman, to be a feminist, or to be an ally to women. I think that covers all the things that would kind of put me in a box where people would have either would either want to recruit me or 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 impugn me or kill me or torture me or lobotomize me or whatever, convert me whatever. I'm not I don't claim to be a woman. I don't claim to understand what it's like to be a woman. I'm not trying I'm not claiming to be a feminist and I'm not claiming to even be an ally to women which was what in my activist days in the left movements that I was a part of that was like what you were supposed to aspire to be otherwise you were just a manarchist and you were a threat and you were basically a a uh, uh, a perpetrator uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing to be feared and 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 un or distrusted by default and I ended up actually being in a lot of my relationships with women who trained me and taught me to have a high level of respect a high level of care concern and if possible honor and dignity around trying to be an ally to women but a lot of us who were the manarchists who tried to be trustworthy and become allies to women were were um ended up chasing our tails in that endeavor a lot and some people would backlash and become men's rights movement kind of um activist uh kind of backlashy towards towards feminism and towards 
the the intention of being a good man or being an ally to women or exploring your feminine side but trying to not be the toxic masculine guy or the bro culture guy so many ways that the culture wars have evolved and luck, luckily luckily thankfully thankfully for me i haven't had the energy i've been, my my flame has been burning out and i haven't been bouncing off the walls to be engaged in all of that culture warring that's happened um but yeah i hope it's constructive and i hope people you know play nice so that people don't get hurt kind of thing i think there could be more playing nice in 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 this in 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 those fields um but i'm again kind of out of it but i will say that indiana jones piece it really was it was super cool watching the three of them i don't know if it was how many years it had been since and the year you know their roles were staggered anyway but it was amazing for for me to see that they i mean these are some women that had big effects on my childhood mind growing up and i think they were great archetypes that and thelma and louise and a number of other empowered women uh tv and film roles that that I wouldn't want anything less. I wouldn't want anything less than to be pushed back on, even like coming to America, the juxtaposition of the sort of slave wife groomed from childhood to be a candidate to be married to the prince and how empty and unappealing that was for Eddie Murphy, uh, who then wanted to go and, and went on this journey through... Really, he lived this this mantra that I'm saying of from women of the moment to women of the mission, whereas he could have picked up any of the women who he met at that that meat market pickup bar, and they went through the gamut. It was this gauntlet they went through of every different type of... You know, you would think very kind of just, I mean, they didn't overplay it too much, but they did find a way to just find people who were just slightly over the top in various ways to where you probably could imagine that you've dated people like that, like almost maybe even every type of that of those people. And they just played it up just a little bit more, but they took it to kind of a caricature extreme. But the point that they were arriving at was that Where's the dharma in the relationship? What's the mission statement of being in love? Of course, just building a family is mission statement enough. And I applaud the people who do that and do that to the best of their ability, as natural and holistic as they can. Certainly homeschooling, avoiding processed foods, getting out in nature, having contact with the soil, all of those things, permaculture, edible classrooms, growing up, all that good stuff. I applaud that. So that is enough of a mission unto itself. And I wouldn't expect people to fall in love for more grandiose reasons than that. But for me, as someone with a vasectomy who is not a breeder and who is an extreme environmental activist and ecological warrior, I'm here to devote my life and to sacrifice my life if it ever came to it for the right at the right moment for the right reason on this broader life mission of healing the planet and preventing its destruction and its poisoning and 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 degrading at the hands of um people who (laughs) people places and things and time places and manner that shall not be named in this context lest i be 
put on more lists than I than I'm already on. So point of process there. I'm not planning to do anything other than uh, enjoy sharing my thoughts on this episode right now. So when I believe it was Steven Spielberg said that when he was describing the way he set up the Indiana Jones character, because he was so such an embroiled and impassioned with his adventure in pursuit of his his quest, then he wasn't really a family man. He wasn't really a one-woman kind of guy, I think is what he said. He was more of a woman-of-the-moment kind of guy. I believe those are some of the exact-ish quotes from Steven Spielberg talking about, about, uh, about the character. And then... Another thing that comes to mind that's kind of to that point is when Pee Wee Herman says to Dottie, I'm a loner, Dottie. I'm a rebel. You, I think, and then I think it goes, you don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. And then in the end of that film, they do a rendition of that where they swap out the characters and they're all suave. It's, yeah, it's that everything in that movie is more astute than you. It's underestimated for sure. Um, but that's a little more silly of a reference but the serious reference at least for me is the idea that yeah for a lot of my teens 20s and 30s I wouldn't say that I was desperate or that I would I mean one person told me you're desperate she threw you a bone or, or she threw you a bone and you were desperate that's why you you know had that that fling with that girl who who broke your heart a woman who broke your heart or whatever and uh and and she was she was right to say that but in fact there was a deeper mission and to this day with that woman there is a, still a deeper mission that survived and i made i found a way to make it a mission more than the love it was about growing a garden together and empowering her as a single mother and bringing her resources and, and helping her survive the treacherous system and I'm, I, I embellished the love story romance novel project and that's just sort of my nature to what may for some people be a woman of the moment. For me, even if there is some desperation and some being thrown a bone <laughs> going on there, uh, I'm going to try to make it as compelling of a storyline as I possibly can for my own duty to make my life interesting and to be of service to people who I think are worthy of my best and uh, those are the people who still love me and who I still love but I will say there are also a lot of people who maybe I tried to project a mission on try to steer it in a way where there would be more than just sparks of passion and flings that burn out as fast as they as fast as they go up like fireworks But this notion that if you're whatever, in whatever gender you may be, you're a person and your attachment style as is the sort of psychobabble jargon being thrown around. Not that that doesn't have value. I don't want to disrespect that system of looking at things. I do think it has value and I'm aware of it. I'm not a master of it. I can't teach it. I don't know exactly what I would be considered probably uh, 
on the more uh, the well for various reasons I would say tactically detached in a certain way again going back to this mission thing where it's like I've said to you know I've said to women before who wanted to be in more of a traditional boyfriend girlfriend type of relationship with me where I was at a point where I'm so deep in the in the mission that I'm on that I know I will be breaking your heart every day that I wasn't returning in this dialogue of text messages on a continual basis throughout all day every day not even excessively but just maintaining this sort of now modern to be expected hyper digitized kind of on-demand communication volley that I would be you know I'm 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 trying to accomplish this and this and that I'm trying to build this and this and that and and I've moved in myself towards a more polyamorous paradigm anyway and I'm not going to go deep into that it's not the appropriate show to go into all of that work that I've done but I did a lot of work in that realm and that made me more and more and more serious about not being in frivolous relationships and not letting flings and women of the moment see with it's funny because in the in the in the context of Indiana Jones they were simultaneously women of the moment in the sense that he was available because he wasn't married and not to say that I'm against people, you know, being in primary partnership dyads. <laughs> if the mission for them is to do that, that's their mission, that's that's their business. I'm going to support them on that mission. It's not my mission. My mission is it's not chasing the Holy Grail. It's not chasing the Ark of the Covenant. It's not chasing the uh, lost Shankara stones. And I'm just going to stop there because I don't believe in Indiana Jones after the third one. I'm sorry, I just don't. But I'll do respect to everybody involved. I'm like one of those Metallica fans that stopped listening after a certain point and I will say no more. But um, some of those tracks, they do grow on you. I will say that. So just don't don't think I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't have things grow on me after I, I fall out of out of deep passion with the earlier albums of certain bands and whatnot. But I think we all know what that means to feel that way about things. So for me, with Indiana Jones looking at those, the way that his masculinity and his sexuality was constructed, um, there's another side of me, another part of me that would have a lot more to say about critiquing that and unpacking that exploring that but for the purpose of how this has anything to do with tactical permaculture what this has to do with is that if the mission for me is get survivable even if it means doing it by myself and taking no one else with me dragging no one else kicking and screaming into my paranoid delusion of survivalist apocalyptic fantasy alone that the the moral obligation not to contort anyone else's mind and drag them out of all of their relationships and force them to be in a cult of relationship with me and my, all my madness. I mean, that's more like the Mosquito Coast version of 
of, of uh, Harrison Ford, if you know, catch that reference, which is actually a great reference of the guy I'm trying not to be and why I won't build a family around me because I know how much of an extremist I am and I don't want anyone to ever be to feel the have their freedom to be imposed for me to create my dream and my definition of what ultimate freedom is. I don't want to be an authoritarian by law and by right as a man of a house or the man of a family. I don't want that. I don't want I don't want to live with the karma of of um putting anyone through being legally coerced to live under the the rule of what's go under my roof living under my rule that kind of thing that's just not what my spirit wants to be doing in this life i want to be protecting the earth healing the the earth being a soldier willing to sacrifice myself in the name of ecological resistance that's what i've chosen so on that mission yes there have been women who have been of the moment and of the mission. There have been women who have been of the mission. There have been women who have been of the moment. (laughs) And the ones who are still in my life are the ones who really were both. They, they, uh, well, I would say women who were were either of the mission and not so much of the moment, meaning they didn't just kind of appear out of nowhere and it wasn't just this sort of hot and heavy fling. Maybe they were slow simmering friends, and then that evolved over time. So not so. I mean, so what does women by the moment of the moment mean? They're just kind of um, woven into a story, and either either strangers or maybe people who. Like in the first movie, it was someone who he did have a a deep relationship, but went into the past. But even then, I guess you could argue that it was kind of a fling of the moment because he broke her heart and she was younger. And it sounded like we didn't get the full backstory, but it sounded like he was kind of a hit it and quit it kind of a guy at that stage of his life. So really, that was a woman of the moment that he did wrong. We he he. He hit it and quit it to put it in the most degrading of terms, but I don't want to put it in the terms that Cuba Gooding Jr. put it in the film uh, Jerry Maguire, um, because those those lip, those words just don't roll off my tongue the way they roll off of his tongue for cultural reasons. But so I will not do that disservice to myself or him or anyone else by trying to assume a persona that would uh, attempt to equate the the persona of him who I who I uh will have no further comment about but um that notion let's say what is the most what is what is what is the most respectful way to transmute that sentiment of hit it and quit it um I don't that's not something I high five with dudes in the locker room over. There is a great film that makes a mockery of all the douchebag type tendencies of men and really puts the the light on them and shows the plight of women trying to build families and all they have to go through to deal with men being douchebags along the way and that film is called The Mating Habits of Earthbound Humans and if anything 
if anything I say is offensive, know that you've watched that and you'll know that I'm coming from a place of respect and appreciation and honor and reverence for the feminine and understanding both how hard it is for males to figure this out and get it right and uh, and also how, how, how moronic and how foolish they can be and how harmful they can be in, in very unconscious behavior patterns that they reinforce amongst each other in the worst ways. So that film, yeah. I mean, I, I've been influenced a lot by the films that shape me as a man, and I do try to find the ones where, going back to, uh, uh, it was uh, coming to America, where, where he was not seduced by those women of the moment. He wanted to, he wanted to meticulously, at all costs, work himself into an opportunity to to be close to and to develop a, a, a real rapport with the woman who he dearly admired and she was the one who was on a mission and that was the core of the whole thing. I think that stuck with me more than anything and that's why that set my standard high and the same with Indiana Jones is that whereas they may be, they could have just been in passing in the storyline the passion that gets created ends up making them in some ways um, they they could steal the sh steal the show or steal the scene or and upstage him in ways and push him push back on him in ways and expose his vulnerabilities in ways and uh, and really give us the audience that dynamic that we want which is not not an overbearing man and a, and a mute demure woman but this 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 dance where her ferocity and her vulnerability are expressed and engaged with his ferocity and his vulnerability but that they're expressed in different ways through different physicalities and different voices and different attitudes and postures and reactions to things but they're no less fearsome and they're no less endearing and tender in the different ways that they get expressed and that is whatever gender or body you're in from a certain spiritual perspective energetically those energetic poles are always in some form of a dance you could call it yin and yang you could call it shiva shakti you could call it any number of things positive and negative electrical flows you could say opposites attract or whatever <laughs> you could look at it however you want electrical engineering or esoteric spirituality um i would like to be as all-inclusive and as generalized in my speaking as possible to say choose your own adventure and live and let live um but i really like this mission-driven approach to to partnering more than hooking up for its own sake which often leads to an imbalance of intentions somebody getting hurt maybe diseases being shared unconsciously and then unwanted pregnancies and even home wrecking and damaging to people's ability to function in their family structure, their community, 
a lot of bad things happen from what some religions would just call lust, right? And so coveting thy neighbor's wife and things like that. So that's not my wheelhouse, but I will say um, frivolous hooking up with people of the moment, I for myself am going to say that uh, my saving grace is that I've had the discernment to know don't be seduced by people who do not share a resonance in terms of your dharma or your mission in life, things that you care about. If you can't build a vision together and work towards it as humble as just a healthy and happy family or as grandiose as a business or building a neo-pagan tribe of back to the landers trying to do community and survive together and get along that's a big vision not a lot of people pulled off very effectively for very long before it collapses and people get very burnt out on that uh, it's hard to sustain that and very few people have been successful at de-urbanizing rewilding going back to the land even though permaculture is their best friend and toolkit in order to do it it's rarely done successfully because of all of the buckets of crazy that Paul Wheaton would identify in his attempts to bring people together back to the land under under the the tutelage or the 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 system of permaculture, uh, ethics, and science to do it, which gives us all the tools to do it, but whether we cooperate effectively in doing it, that's a whole other story. And that's one of the reasons why, at this stage, I have a very low tolerance for drama and madness, and therefore, you know, I'm staying out of the dating game, <laughs> finally. And... uh that just precludes any confusion of women of the moment versus women of the mission or the the fight that I have to put up to maybe help to activate a sort of mission consciousness, a mission directive in someone. And when I was in the dating game, that was kind of where it all started. If you don't know what you would do with the million dollars, that was my question that I would ask everybody on the dating apps. What would you do if you had a million dollars and you had to form a nonprofit to spend it? That was my icebreaker. And that's how I navigated and sorted and filtered through. And the and it was the it was the women of the mission who had their own mission who we would end up finding resonance and we would further each other's mission or work on a mission that we shared. And so we would go only so far if we had divergent missions, but we would leave each other better than we found each other in pursuit of people who were more in alignment with the missions that we were on, or I would find people where we really, really we truly were in alignment and we go far on a mission that we shared. And again, there's people who I would say we're still on the mission. We're just stationed at different outposts, but still that campaign, that theater, that, that mission evolves and we are connected on the astral plane we're connected through our dreams or we're connected through our our convos on uh, on our our encrypted messaging apps but that we're still trying to get free we're still working towards a common goal and eventually we'll all have either 
a collective land project or our individual hub and spoke land projects, but we will be escaping from Babylon, escaping the matrix and the people who are the breeders who want to raise their holistic, healthy, natural off-grid families, then we're going to support each other in doing that. And I am at this point where I'm doing my research and development solo, lone wolf, and I'm not really feeding back and supporting, giving back to those single mothers that have done a lot of work on behalf of helping them grow gardens, helping them with ecological employment opportunities when I have the funds to do it, and doing a lot of giving back in the sense of cultural permaculture and rebuilding and restoring and strengthening resilient communities as a sort of unhitched, untied down, unsettled, mobile operative to do missions that are in support of the the householders, as you might say. So that is just a bit of a homage to this episode number because I had had this had this affection for this title for a bit and I couldn't think of a better auspicious opportunity to uh, to let the, the, the foolish moon bring bring something like this out of me but if it lands within this experiment of a new show style that I'm doing that's far different from what I've done in the past which is which I will I will avoid explicitly mentioning by name or, or talking about or referencing but uh, but it, it, it was a context where it would be more appropriate to elaborate on a lot of the stuff whereas this context I'm trying to kind of I mean I've said to people before you know what I had to do when the pandemic hit and then World War III started, I had to kind of pull my pants up and get serious about being fit to serve for, for, for a higher calling, a higher mission. And uh, that's not to say that I was, that my mind was in the gutter or that I was, that I was, uh, I would just say I was more, it was more, it was a far more civilian context than the context that I am imposing on myself now, which is to be de facto militia material without being anyone's subordinate in terms of a chain of command until that until that becomes i'm not i'm not saying it's inevitable but if but if that if if we cross a line where where civilians need to take up arms not against election fraud but against an invading military force then i wouldn't have just been living it up as a soft civilian that was not well-trained and well-kitted up and well-prepared and well-equipped to be a warfighter, that, that's why I changed my brand. That's why I composted my previous persona and got into 
paramilitary mode because I had strayed into hyper softy civilian mode too far. And uh, we tend to do that, us civilians, because we lack the structure and discipline that you would find in, in the armed forces that would keep you squared away. So I wasn't overweight. I wasn't out of shape. I was, I have almost always been extremely fit and athletic doing various hard and extreme tasks for a living and as part of my war fighting of the ecological war, being a tree sitter, being a frontline activist and being a urban guerrilla gardener, all kinds of things required being fit and agile and having very uh, serious attunement to technical proficiency of all kinds and just a always wanting to be not not the best ninja but not completely unable to 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 move like a cat the way a ninja would meaning you train every part of your body and you're a master of it and you have great sensitivity of all of this every part of your body just being as as expressed as you possibly can in this form for whatever mission you choose to or that you are commanded to 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 go on to engage in so it's it will be rare that i tap into that former self and get into that sort of uh more shall we say um that's that softer side i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not going to be talking too much too much about that softer side on this show but rarely when it's appropriate i will and it's important because why are we why would we fight for something we don't care about it's about having a heart balls heart head <laughs> smart and hard but have that soft heart have a soft inner core care about things don't be so stoic of a soldier or warrior that you're unable to relate to what you fought to defend ever again love the land be like russell crowe in gladiator and speak poetically about your food forest and your families well hey uh, maybe that was a Freudian slip um you may have to rebuild families you may have broken families you may be responsible for a whole ecology of people because of your undisciplined mating habits for me clipped done not my not my problem and I'm more interested in helping women who have been victimized by deadbeat dads than be a be an enabler and a bro to those dudes who th- there are some of which are in my life and I try to get them squared away. But yeah, why be a fighter if you're not fighting in the name of love? So whatever, you can... <laughs> 
teach lovers to fight and fighters to love. I'm not, I, my, my Pei Pei Le Pew days are over and and I, I got that out of my system and I chased girls for a long time and it was a very frustrating and often fruitless endeavor. But the women who did show up and did meet me for the mission, we move mountains, accomplish great things, and respect the hell out of each other and will to the day we die and we'll always have each other's backs and be there for each other. And that's a lot more than I can say about a lot of dudes who have a bunch of ruined marriages and they can never look at each other again and they fought over custody and now they've got all kinds of toxic this and that. I like to say I, I developed certain skill sets and figured out how to use certain, shall we say, spiritual technologies, if you will, that I was trained in, in order to have advanced communication with lovers and advanced healing practices and advanced um, processes of really navigating the unconscious behavior patterns that come up in relationships so that we could stay on course and we could be like army ranger land navigators understanding the terrain of love and making it a form of field craft if you will the field craft of the heart <laughs> so i don't want to wheeze off of anyone else's gig as as uh Pauly shore would say by 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 making that reference but i will say yeah we're all trying to figure out how to maintain balance and be smart, hard, and soft in the middle. Smart, you know? Okay, I'm not going to take that any further. <laughs> not going to map out the anatomy of where to be smart, hard, and soft on, on, on the human body. That's not necessary. I will say thank you for enjoying this rare visit from a, from a, from that softer part of me. And I, I hope you tell someone you love them and don't just say it, but mean it. And don't just mean it, but express it. And don't just do it. Make every day Valentine's Day. Yeah, all that good stuff. But I, I'm really serious about that. And... Make good eye contact. Don't take people for granted and what would be the last thing that I would say? There's a lot of things I, I there's a lot of things that are coming up, but I gotta choose wisely. Yeah, these are very, very uncertain, very dangerous, very scary times. And without being without being morbid about it, I know for myself, 
I don't want to leave any relationships frayed or or singed or jagged. And if I was in a relationship where, you know, I live with my partner and we see each other every day, I wouldn't be, I will be wanting to really make every moment of saying hello and goodbye not be over dramatic but have a little bit of a sense that anything could happen at any time and the, and the worst thing that could possibly happen because anything can happen would be that you that you left left uh, an unhygienic connection with somebody when you had the opportunity to step up and do the right thing and, and be a, a bigger, better person and and just anchor into mutual love and respect even if petty things come up try to rise above the pettiness and try to I mean, if you ever survived a car accident with someone or survived any kind of dangerous encounter an attack, an assault, anything where after that moment you cherish each other like you never had before. Don't forget what that feels like. And with and again without I mean it would be morbid to, to say we may never see each other again, so let's act like this is the last time we will. I wouldn't I wouldn't frame it that way. But I would say, and I feel that way now, and I have for a long time, is this, like, when I say I care about somebody and I love them and I want them to be safe and I want them to take good care of themselves and I want us to take good care of our mutually respecting relationship for each other, even if we don't, we're not close to each other, that I mean it and it's sincere and I want to seize every opportunity to not be lazy and not take it for granted and let that be that in and of itself just to be just to be kind and loving it's easy to say it's hard to do it's hard to do consistently so by all means let that let let that be no small no small part of of the mission in your adventures in the loving arts that's my prayer and my hope for for you on this blessed episode number you know what <laughs> on July 1st 2023 episode number you know what cheers 